This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the go-to space for everyday women to go from surviving to thriving by pursuing a purpose that's truly rooted in faith. And now, we're also becoming the premier space for Christian coaches and therapists to finally learn how to integrate faith into their practice without being churchy or limiting their audience. Each week, we'll merge biblical wisdom with practical everyday application so that you can be empowered to excel in every facet of your life and business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey girl, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. I'm excited. We are starting our Bible study blitz that we are doing, which is brought to you by the society. If you have not yet joined us for our first challenge, we started on Monday. Girl, come on. It is not too late for you to join us for the rest of the challenge. It is a great time. All of these lessons are lessons that I've had the opportunity to share within the society. And I'm super excited to talk about purposeful planning God's way. Now, I know you might be like, girl, it's February. Girl, I know. But for some of us, we understand that January was not giving. I talked about that last week. And we need some help and practical strategy on what it means to plan purposefully God's way. And so in this session, you are going to learn about vision, You're going to understand some barriers to vision, some things that you should be evaluating so you can establish proper vision in your life. Then I'm going to give you four key strategies that's going to allow you to understand the plan that God gives and then eight practical planning strategies. Now, I did an episode, I think last season, about vision and it was an episode from a lesson that I taught. This would be a great resource for you to listen to this and then go back. If you're struggling with getting the vision for your life, go back, sis, okay? Go back and listen to that episode. This is a great episode that goes in conjunction with that class. Now, I pray that you take this lesson and actually put it to work. Y'all, for the next couple episodes, y'all need to make sure y'all have y'all's notes and we're implementing what we're learning, okay? It's a lot of meat given in these episodes and I need you to really make sure that you're applying the lesson. If you haven't planned, girl, you need one, okay? If you have a plan and you're not sure that it's in alignment with the vision that God has given you for your life because you don't know how to get the vision, Go and get it, okay? This is so we can pivot in quarters two through four can look different than quarter one. And you don't have to wait to the top of the year or for a new quarter to see that something isn't going the way that you intended and to pivot. And so I'm praying that 
over the next couple of weeks, the information that I give y'all will help you pivot as I pivot in my rest, okay? So let's get right into our lesson on purposeful planning God's way. Hello, hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us for this session. My name is Dr. Charlotte Walker, and I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about purposeful planning God's way. The tools and resources that you get in this lesson, I pray that you're able to take them not just for this year, but every year moving forward. So let me quickly introduce myself. My name, as I said before, is Dr. Charlotte Walker. I am the founder of Prescription for Purpose. I host a podcast called Prescription for Purpose. I'm a Bible study teacher. We have a mobile app for Prescription for Purpose. I'm a certified nonprofit consultant. I also own a nonprofit organization, or I'm a founder of a nonprofit organization, rather. And I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. So as you can tell, I do a lot of things, which really I feel like helps qualify the fact that I can help you do everything that God has called you to do. I'm an auntie of five plus a bunch of bonus nieces and nephews. I'm a wife and hoping to have children here in the future. And so I want to teach you the tools that will help you execute well and plan purposefully in your life. So make sure you have your notes. I do all of the things, okay? And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what you can expect in our session together. So we're going to talk about the importance of understanding vision, understanding some barriers to vision. You're going to learn how to evaluate proper vision. And then you're going to talk, we're going to talk about four key strategies that's going to really help us work with the Holy Spirit, work with God as he gives us our plan. And then I'm going to give you eight practical planning strategies that you can take into your life, okay? Not just into your new year, girl, but into your life and every year thereafter. So the first thing that we have to talk about is vision. Vision is divine communication from God, and it really requires a response, okay? This is what makes the visions that we receive from God different from visions that we get from from other places, whether it be TV, this, that, or the third. Remember that our God is living, okay? And when he speaks, he speaks to be responded to. If you work with children, have small children or children at all, you know when you speak to them, you you are expecting a response. So you say, hey, stop doing this, or I need you to do this. You don't want them to just hear you. You want them to hear you and respond to what you're saying. And so that's the same thing, the same principle that God has for us. When he's communicating with us, he wants us to respond with the new revelation that we've received. And Proverbs 29, 18 tells us that without a vision, the people perish. So a lot of us are struggling. We're going through these cycles of pain, going through despair, going through frustration, because a lot of us are getting the vision. We're writing the vision and making it plain. Okay, this is my little beef with vision boards. They're okay, but they don't really help you build the tools that you need to develop the response, right? Like it's not a plan, it's just pictures. And so we have to be careful to really understand that vision is divine communication from God and it requires a response. It requires a response. So if God gives you a vision, you need to then sit with him and ask him, God, what is the appropriate response? Is it just for me to understand what you're saying or is it for me to start doing X, Y, and Z? 
And I really hope that that's making sense for you. Make sure that when God gives you a vision that you are ready to respond. And there are a lot of reasons why this is important. Vision is going to do three things. Three things. It's going to stretch you. Okay? God is going to require you to lean on his strength. You're not going to be able to lean to your own understanding. We are not capable of doing what God has called us to do outside of him. And a lot of us, we get the vision and then we want to execute it in our own strength. And then we get frustrated and feel like God has forgotten us. But if we're being truthful, we've really forgotten him. We're not paying attention to his decrees and declarations. We are simply going out and doing whatever we think is best. And we cannot do that. We will not be successful by God's standard if we take that approach. The next thing that vision is going to cause you to do, vision from God is going to cause you to confront some stuff. So whether it's your behavioral barriers, such as procrastination, mental barriers, such as anxiety or overthinking, or even spiritual barriers, such as unbelief or fear. When God gives you a vision, he is going to walk with you. And in that, you are going to find that you have to confront these barriers that really impact and can blur your vision. It can make your vision all muddy, okay? I personally wear glasses, and when I do not have them on, it's a problem. It's a problem. I can see, but it's not as clear. And I may miss out on details that I need to see, right? Such as street signs. I can see the sign, but I may not be able to see the name of the street. And because of that, I can miss a turn. And now I have to be rerouted. The same thing happens to us and with us spiritually. So understand that when you get a vision from God, He's going to stretch you, He's going to cause you to confront some things. And then finally, he is going to have you count the cost. You're going to find yourself counting things differently. Cost is defined as the loss or penalty that is incurred when you're gaining something. We're going to talk about this here shortly, but I need you to understand that there is no such thing as balance. You are going to have to either give some things up, set some things down in order for you to do what God has called you to do while living the life that he's called you to have. And it's going to make a little bit more sense here shortly, but I need you to understand that balance is a myth. So if God is calling you to start a nonprofit organization, you can do that. However, I doubt that you're going to be able to do that and also still spend 20 hours a week on social media. Even if you have to cut back, you have to realize that that social media scrolling time is eating up the cost. A lot of us find ourselves giving God excuses about not being able to execute his plan, not being able to execute the vision because we don't have enough time. But I guarantee you, sis, if you go over to your uh, screen time in your iPhone, you will find it. You'll find where you put that time. It could be games. It could be texting. It could be scrolling. You can find where that time is. And we have to ensure that the same way that we um, are so diligent with financial resources, that we are diligent with our time. Time is a non-renewable resource. And a lot of us are, are playing ourselves short 
because we pretend as if we know the day or the hour when Jesus is coming back and we don't. And so we allow things to take up a bulk of our time. And time is a resource that you cannot get back. You cannot regenerate. You can get more money, but you cannot get more time. And it's really bold and prideful for us to believe that we have more time to do what God is calling us to do. And this is why vision is important. And this is why planning is important because we are going to all have to give an account to God about the time that we had here and what we did for the kingdom. Think about the parable of the talents. Everybody was given talent in accordance to their abilities. That means that anything that God has put on your in your hand, he has entrusted you with, including your time, including that job, including those kids, including that spouse. And he is going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the talents that I gave you? Do you only want to operate if you think that your purpose is going to lead to a platform? Or are you willing to do what God has called you to do? I love my pastor said it this way, that our church isn't called to the nations. There are some people who are called to the nations, but our church that I go to is not called to the nations. We're called to the neighborhood. And a lot of us are so busy wanting to get to the nations that we do not impact the very neighborhood that we're in. We don't impact the people who are in closest proximity to us. And so we have to count the cost of that. So how do we deal with our vision problem? Whether we are nearsighted, as I call it, where you are so close to the problem, you forget how big your God is, or you're farsighted, where you are so worried looking 10, 20, 30 years down the line that you fail to do anything tangible today. How do we address that? The primary prescription for vision is submission. Okay, submission. I know a lot of us don't like this word, but it is what it is. You have to submit. Submission is coming under God's plan, will, and arrangement for your life. The scripture says that I know the plans that I have for you. And then what happens is we love to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, but we don't live it. God knows the plans that he has for us. And what we often do is we develop our own plans and then we want him to bless it. We have to get in order. We have to submit. And so this word submission, it comes from a Greek word that refers to how a military general arranges soldiers in the best order to accomplish the strategic objective in order to execute a mission. All of us are called to bring people into the knowledge of Christ. Go read, um, I believe it's Matthew 28, 16 through 20, where Jesus gives the great commission. All of us have the same purpose. Your purpose is not lost. Whether you're a housewife or a CEO, you are still called to bring people into the knowledge of God, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what God does is he gives us these gifts and these talents, and we are then able to submit them back to him and say, God, how can I use my ability to teach? How can I use my ability to make crafts? How can I use my ability to bake to further your mission? Even if it's just in the neighborhood. But a lot of us have this negative connotation of submission, and I want us to address that. 
Here's what I need you to understand about submission. Submission is not about being inferior, okay? It is not about being inferior. To be inferior means that it's of little importance or value. There's no way that God thinks that we're of little importance but sent his son to die for us. Let's make it make sense, okay? I love y'all so much, but let's make it make sense. Submission is not about inferiority. God clearly values us. He sent his son to die. I wouldn't send my dog to die for humans, but I'm not God. Praise the Lord, okay? He sent his son to die. It's also about prioritization. Submission is you simply making sure that the top priority in your life is God being pleased with you. That's it. Not money, not cars, not what your kids, what your kids say or think, but your top priority, the number one driver in your life and in your decision making has to be, is God pleased? Everything else will fall into place. When the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, that's what he means. That you're seeking my will and my way. You're implementing my will and my way. So that way I can do what only I can do in your life. Submission does not mean that God doesn't care about the desires of your heart. If we're being honest, and we'll talk about it a little bit here shortly, that God is the only one that really knows the desires and the depths of our heart. The Bible says that he tests, he searches the heart and tests the mind. And when we take pleasure in prioritizing God, he will give us the desires of our heart. God doesn't care about us having stuff. He absolutely cares about stuff having us. We are very quick to receive things from God and then they become idols in our life. Anything that goes above God is an idol in in your life. Your marriage can be an idol. God had to deal with me with that. Them babies whom we love, they can be an idol. Those are God's kids before they're yours. And you're not spending time with him, asking him how to raise these children that he entrusted you with. That job can become an idol. That career can become an idol. So we have to really look at the things that God has already blessed us with and be for real and be objective with ourselves and say, have we made these things idols? And then repent. It's not hard. It's not hard. Repent. Ask God to show you how you can put things back in right order and right standing. Do what he says, because when he speaks, he expects a response. And you will have more peace, more joy, more freedom. And then finally, I need you to understand that when we submit to God, he's not keeping anything from us. Okay? God, God don't have to keep nothing from us. The Bible tells us that he gets great pleasure from being good to us. He is good. He can't be anything but good to us. That is his character. And so it's easy to submit to a God who is good, who has my best intentions. And unless we are really serious about surrendering and submitting to the power promptings and leadings of God, we will continue to struggle with vision and planning and executing vision and actually seeing fruit in our lives. 
you will continue to be busy, but you won't see productivity. You won't see fruit. And you may even have a level of success, but then we're going to end up like those people in Matthew 7 who are going to run up to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Because you can be doing things that look churchy and not be walking with God. So this is why submission, the heart posture of being submitted to God's vision is the most important thing when we talk about getting a a vision from God and allowing him to make our plans and give us our plans. As long as you are submitted and you're connected, you can make decisions and do so decisively, even if you're not 100% sure, because you're going to have some level of decision-making where you're like, should I do this? Should I not do this? But understand that our God is omnipresent. He's Because you're going back and checking with him, if you make a misstep, he'll let you know. He'll let you know. Be diligent. Don't be hasty, but also you can't be scurrious, okay? You have to go out and actually do the things. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And there are three reasons why we struggle with submission. I call these our MVPs. M is your motives. V is your values, the things that you value. And P is planning and prioritization. James 4 and 3 says, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what you will, only what will give you pleasure, rather. So many of us come to God and we have this transactional relationship with him. God cannot be tricked. (laughs) He knows even if you're quote unquote, doing all the things, if your heart posture is not for him, you are going to find yourself frustrated because God, again, he he searches the heart and tests the mind. Then let's talk about your values. The Bible talks about where where your heart is, your treasure follows. And to me, I think the biggest treasure is time. Where are you spending your time? What do you value? So many of us have been given values from our life experiences, from sin, from trauma. And we have not taken a a time to step back and really ask God to reveal to us what is really important. What's really important to me? And what happens is you find yourself thinking like, okay, once I hit this benchmark, I'll be happy. You get there, it's not enough. And you keep chasing thing after thing because you're not even sure what you what you value. You're hoping to fill a void with stuff, with accomplishments. And when you get there, it's very anticlimactic because you don't even care about this stuff. 
And so you have to take the time to really assess what is important to you. What things do you value in your life? For me, I found recently in doing this exercise that I value freedom more than anything else. Yeah, I know I need money to survive, but I'd rather have my freedom of time. And I did not know that until I was in my in my 33rd year of living. And then finally, prioritization. We're going to be talking about Proverbs 21 and 5 a lot, but you have to prioritize. There is no such thing as balance. You can only prioritize what's important. Balance is, it really implies that everything is of equal weight. But my relationship with God is not equal in weight to my job. And although that sounds crazy, I'm sure you're like, yeah, girl, it doesn't. Yeah, but if you look at our actions, we're more diligent about getting to work on time as you should get to work on time than we are with spending time with God. Prioritization matters. Your relationship with God comes first. This is biblical. Then if you're married, your husband comes before them kids, sis. Your husband comes before them kids. As husband and wife, we are the first image of love that these kids see. And what happens is we're so busy investing our time, energy, and effort into the product of our love that we don't so see back into our love. And these kids see us fighting and bickering and then you end up in a divorce. Instead of you prioritizing your marriage, I'm not saying neglect your children. I'm saying that your date night, okay, little Johnny done been in 15 extracurriculars. Date night has to be a part of y'all's extracurriculars. And so if that means he can't play 15 sports this year, he's going to be okay. Because you allow God to pour into you. Then you're able to show up well for your husband. Your husband's able to then pour into you. Then you can pour into them kids. It's a cascade effect. So we have to ensure that we understand prioritization God's way. And prioritization is going to help you find peace and freedom. Because now you're making decisions and planning based on the priorities. Now that you're not feeling overwhelmed, there are some things that you're going to have to cut because your price is way too high. Okay, you're going to have to cut some things. And be okay with that. So you need to check your motives. You need to check your values and your priorities as we move into planning. So here are some questions for you to consider. What has God said to me regarding this thing, person, situation, opportunity in your prayer time? That's your schedule. That's this job. That's going to public school versus private school for the kids. You want back to school. What has God said to you in your quiet time? If you don't know, that means that you need to stay here until you get a, a clear response from him. You need to be in your word. Because we then say, does this thing, person, situation, or opportunity align with God's word? Does this thing, person, situation, or opportunity align with the vision that God gave to me? If so, how? And finally, what will making or not making the decision cost you? 
That's financially, time, emotionally, spiritually. And what is the fruit or return on investment that's expected? A return on investment is not always money. All compensation isn't money. But you should be growing fruit. Go to Galatians 5. 22 through 23. If I take this opportunity to volunteer at the children's home, I'm going to grow in patience and kindness. It's going to stretch me as a leader. It's going to cost me time. And I have to be ready to account for that. Where's my rest time at? If you don't have a day of rest scheduled and you're not going to do it. You have to prioritize rest. If God who created all of the things in this entire earth rested, what is the likelihood that us as the creations, we also need rest? So rest as you plan, you need to make sure that you have planned rest days. And you're looking and asking God, okay, send me a village so that, uh, you know, my kids have somewhere to go and I can really decompress or my husband, I can go away with myself. If me and my husband talking, I say, hey, one week and a quarter, I need a mommy vacation over at the hotel across the street. Just two, three days. Whatever it is, you have to make sure you count the cost and that you're also prioritizing rest. Now, let's talk about some purposeful planning strategies, okay? We're almost done. I have four for you. The first is that you have to be directed by God, okay? You have to be directed by God. What does it mean to be directed? It means to cause the move to a central point or along a restricted path. Psalm 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. That means that God knows. You have to ask yourself, what outside influences are directing my decision-making? Is it money? Is it my kids? Do I consider my kids before I consider what God is telling me to do? That's out of order. Is it my spouse? Am I considering what he says over what God told me to do? That's out of order. So this is where I talk about some confrontation is going to have to happen. So you first have to be directed by God. These are our principles. The second principle for planning is that you have to be diligent. Diligence requires decision-making. So all of my double-minded sis, listen, listen to me. You're going to have to make that decision with your chest, okay? You have to make a decision. And because you are being diligent, meaning that you are deciding something and carrying it through with clarity and determination, I made the decision to become a nurse. God told me to do it. I made the decision. And you don't get the word and then be able to be like, I'm believing God that I'm going to become a nurse. Have you applied to school? Have you even looked at schools? Have you looked at financial aid? Have you, do you know how much it's going to cost? You are believing God for something, but you're not taking the time to do the research and count the cost so you can make diligent decisions. Yeah, girl, you need to go to the community college first 
and do your prerequisites before you do uh, before you go to the university. University costs two, three times more, and it's the same courses. Now you're being diligent and saving money while also doing what God has called you to do. Proverbs 13 and 4 says, the soul of the lazy one craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made prosperous. Being double-minded in our decision-making will delay progress and ultimately lead us to poverty. We can expect nothing from God when we are double-minded. Go head on over to James 1. Go ahead and head over to James 1. That's Jesus' little brother, James. Okay, and he says that when you are double-minded, you can expect nothing from God. And so we have to make sure that we trust God and we are being diligent to do what he said. You are going to face resistance. Resistance is going to come, but resistance does not mean that God is absent. He's teaching you how to endure, how to be steadfast, and you're going to continue to be in close connection and submit it to him so he can tell you how to handle the resistance. All resistance isn't the enemy. You go over to James. We all are going to get trial and tribulation. We all get the trial tribulation package. But be of good cheer because it's God perfecting our faith. So sometimes when you are in a a position and you're being and reaching a lot of resistance, it should be an indicator that you're in the right place. God is growing me through this. He's perfecting some things about me. Number three, you have to mitigate distractions. We are such a distracted, distracted generation. We are so distracted. And distractions lead to hastiness. Distractions are anything that causes us to deviate from the predestined path that God has established for us. Hear me, hear me good. There are times when the enemy is going to present things that look beneficial and they are a distraction. Just because it looks good does not mean that it's not from the enemy. Everything that's good isn't God. So you have to make sure that you take that thing back to God, that you aren't making decisions from a position of you trying to move in your own strength. Because the enemy will send things that you like. He is subtle. He's not going to send something that looks clearly like a weapon. He's going to send you that second job that God never told you to have because you and him both can't be Jehovah Jireh at the same time. Either you're going to be the provider or he's going to be the provider. He's going to send you that second job. He's going to position it to make it look like it's a good opportunity for you. And then you're going to find yourself overwhelmed, burnt out, no longer sitting at the feet of God, no longer living in peace. It's a distraction. So in every decision that you make, you need to make sure that you're not doing anything quick, fast, and in a hurry. There are going to be some times where you have to be aware of the time, but just know that things come back around, child, you will be okay. If you don't have peace about it, don't make a decision. You're not going to miss out on anything that God has for you. What's for you is for you. And then finally, your purposeful planning it's, it's going to require that you remain dependent on God. Okay, Proverbs 21 and 5 
it says that we have a sure advantage, a sure advantage when we are waiting on God. Proverbs 21 and 5 says the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty surely comes to poverty. Surely means surely and only. Surely and only. It's a restrictive force. This is going to happen. John In John 15, 1 through 8, Jesus talks about and tells us that we need to remain connected. John 15 and 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But when we are attached, when we are dependent, we bear much fruit. And the advantage and the beautiful thing about this is the only thing that we are responsible for is our obedience. We are not responsible for the results. I'm teaching this class right now. I'm not responsible whether one person hears it or a hundred million people hear it. I'm responsible for my obedience to teach it the way that God called me to. And then outside of that, I'm over here just attached. I get to just bear fruit. It's not my responsibility to produce the fruit. And I honestly used to believe that it was. It's just my job to be in position, to play my part. You never see a tree trying to squeeze an orange out of itself. It's in proper position. The tree gets nourished and nurtured. And fruit comes in due season. And so we have to do this using Proverbs 16 and 3, committing our actions to the Lord. Everything you do, God, are you please? Everything you do, even down to what you put in your mouth. This morning, God convicted me. He said, ah, ah, don't you touch that donut before you eat real breakfast. And I sure ate my breakfast. And then I didn't even have a taste for the donut anymore. It's as simple as that. Committing your actions to the Lord. And then your plans will succeed. So I want to give you very quickly eight strategies to help you plan. First, you need to count the costs. That means research. Okay, God gave you a vision. You're going to get a house. What does your credit need to look like? What is the process? Do I need to take a first-time homebuyer's class? Do I need to, what's my credit score? Let's do some research. And then we can take that stuff and break it up into bite-sized chunks. Make sure you have realistic expectations. If you have $100 million worth of debt, it didn't take you a year to get in it. And it's, it's going to take you more than a year to get out of it. A lot of times we are praying for God to just wipe things away. He's going to deliver you, but the deliverance is you going through the thing. Deliverance doesn't mean he just makes it all go away. Now, can he? Yes. And I'm praying that he start with these student loans. However, even if he doesn't, he's already given me the plan. I'm, I am not going to have to pay for my student loans. God has already given me the plan. Despite what it looks like. But let's be realistic. We can be a lot of things. But let's start with being for real, okay? Complete what you've already started. Some of us are wanting to run back to God and say, God, what you want me to do this year? The stuff that you didn't finish last year that I told you to do. The stuff that you didn't finish the year before that and that I told you to do. Make sure that you eat what's on your plate first. 
God uses the, the lessons in the previous seasons to get us ready for the next. So if you have loose ends, if you've been operating in disobedience and you think God is being silent, no, girl, he's waiting on you to do what he said. Next, don't hyper-focus, okay? I have five purpose pillars that I always recommend. Faith, family, finances, fitness, and future. Make sure that you leave room for life because life be lifing. Schedule your rest and refocus time. And then build proper support to achieve your goals. You're going to need help, girl. Do you have to go to the grocery store and spend two hours in there? Or can you order online? Even if you like, girl, I'm not about to pay them fees. I hear you. Okay, keep your coin. But you can get something like Kroger delivery, which is only $6.99. Or you can go, Walmart has delivery. You pull up, they put it in your car. That's free. And now you've still saved time. Where do you need support? We have all the tools on the internet. Do you spend two and three hours building up or making a menu for your family? Girl, if you don't use chat GPT and say, hey, these are our dietary restrictions. This is what I want to do. These are, this is the, the type of foods that my kids like to eat. Create us a meal plan for the week. Build the support that you need. And then finally, I want you to reevaluate your plan frequently and make adjustments as needed. So I pray that this was helpful and really helping you learn how to allow God to build a plan and give you a plan that you can then execute. I love you, girl. God bless you. You can connect with me by downloading our app, Rx for Purpose, and you can listen to my podcast, Prescription for Purpose, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find other ways to connect with me on our website, rxforpurpose.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and take this course. And I will talk to you later. Have a great rest of your day. All right, so so that is it for this week's episode. Make sure that you give us a five-star review. Let us know um, what you think about the show in the reviews. I actually do read them. And as I said before, connect with us over in the society. Download the Prescription for Purpose mobile app. Come and join our free community there. Let me know what you thought about this episode? Did you get gathered in this lesson? I want to know the things because I really love to know that the work that we're doing here is transforming your life, right? Like there's no transformation without truth. So girl, get connected. I love you, girl. God bless you. And I will talk to you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.